telling stories that inspire. This is Napkin Game Plan. What's up, everyone? We're back for uh, part dose with Trace Carter. Uh, part one was fire, so if you didn't hear part one, you need to go back, listen to part one, because part one was the origin story that takes us up to mm-hmm. to now, uh, where we're going to dive into the entrepreneurial side and, and business mind of Trace Carter. Uh, what do teams look like? What does success look like? Where do you go to unplug? How do you stay motivated how do you stay level and in in all parts of life that that demand trace carter and i I think that's what i want to start out with is um you know we talked about the origin story the music what led you to this point now as an entrepreneur as as covid19 happens and and you're kind of finding the, the groove of where you're going to be like the pivot. Um, what, what does that look like for you? Like, how are you giving all of trace Carter to family, to, to VM, to entrepreneur, to music? Like, how do you keep all that balanced? Man, first off, uh, thanks for session one. It was very therapeutic to, to go back to my <laughs> 10 year old self and now walk it to 30 year old. Trace, man. Thanks, man. Dope to be here for part two. Uh, that's a really good question, man. And I'm gonna be honest, I haven't, I haven't done it perfectly for a while. Uh, I, I've, I've put some things in place recently that have really helped, and I think it's, uh, it's something that, for me, especially because I'm in a season where I have very young kids, so like every, mm-hmm. it's like every day is a new season because of just whatever <laughs> my, you know. <laughs> Um, but it, I think constantly taking inventory of who I am and doing a, uh, you know how you do a, a zero based budget. That's the same way I do yep. with my, t- my time, literally my calendar, okay. every hour is accounted for in seven, eight major categories. And one of them family mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, work, creative time, rest and refuel, uh, meetings, like I literally parcel out my week. So that way, when I am in that mode, I can be focused into it because historically, you know, I kind of let things bleed over, but now being intentional with the time now at, on the other side of nailing down, okay, I am a music artist. I am a preacher. I am a hairstylist. I am a hair educator. I am a branding expert. I am a mm-hmm. marketing guy. Like, I can't forfeit any of those. So I have to be very intentional with how I delegate that time and manage it. So that that's been one of the getting it on paper, who I am and, and managing it accordingly. I love hearing that because like it, it, it kind of works the same for me. Like everything is categorized out. And I, I kind of look at, um, if you ever listen to Ed Milet, Ed Milet talks about the six hour work day and how he can get three days into one day by, by, you know, six to noon, noon to six, six to midnight. Those are his three days. And every day has got to have like four major components and it's the creative, it's the personal development, it's the family, it's the fun. And and so he can make sure he gets all those. But I, I mean, I don't think there is this perfect magic formula to having like the perfect work, like work, like life balance. And I've chatted about it before on here. Like, for me, it's got to be 
whatever I'm doing, I got to give a hundred percent to that. So if I'm at the office or if I'm dialed into a meeting, like that's getting a hundred percent of my attention. If I'm at home then that's got to get a hundred percent of my attention, I could be the best uh, of where I'm at, but you know, it, it's interesting to me kind of looking at, at, at you as an artist, as a platform artist, like my, my wife is a, a, a hairstylist uh, by trade. So I've got an idea of what the demand is on a platform artist and what uh, the time commitment can be along with the creativeness. And that's the thing that, that, that I've learned the most about you as we've gotten to connect, like you've got a huge creative brain. So walk me through kind of where, where do you tap into to get, that creativeness out of you, whether it's for music, whether, whether it's for, for styling, whether that's fashion or hair, like where, mm-hmm. where do you go to pull out all of the creative that, that lies mm-hmm. within that brain ears? Dude, man. Uh, I think creativity is my superpower. Uh, okay. like if I was an Avenger, I, I might, like, I wouldn't, ha- <laughs> it would just be brain. <laughs> that would be my, I love superpower. it. Uh, yeah, I think the the greatest source of my creativity is when I just simply become a conduit from the true creator. You know, when, when I think mm-hmm. about me, like I am a tool, one that God just wants, he wants to use. He designed me and, you know, ideas is, is something that, man, God flow, I mean, thousands of notes on the on the on the app man <laughs> um like just concepts and but but to be able to 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 have enough faith to to have imagination you know what i'm saying I think, like a lot of uh, mm. creativity is sometimes you got to have faith that man like even though i don't see it I have the ability to create it and i think but knowing man we're talking about the best creator of all time dude like i study how god creates you know I believe that God was the first entrepreneur. Yeah, if you, if you sure. go back to Genesis, bro, and and read it through the context of God making very entrepreneurial decisions, bro, it blow your mind. You'd never be able to read that this, the Bible again. Let me just give you a couple, bro, because this blows my mind. So, okay. one, I've learned I've learned this in COVID that you cannot base your life on one stream of income. You can't. Mm. Mm. And, and but we live in a society now where it's easy to have several streams. But that idea originated with God, who was a very, very smart thinker. When he designed Eden, the Bible says that he created four rivers that flowed through Eden. He lists all four of them. This is in Genesis. And, and you got a God who had the foresight to know I can't base my ecosystem on one stream. Let me teach. Let me show them that I'm that my wisdom. I'm going to place four. If a tree falls in one, you got three other streams. Uh, that mm-hmm. was God's idea. Uh, uh, another one, like sustainability. God understood that my greatest gift is building a system in which other people can plug into and produce by themselves. And then I just come alongside and develop and support them. Right. Like I, that's why he put the seed inside of plants, inside of animals, inside of humans, built the design so that we could reproduce ourselves so that he didn't have to come down every 70 years when we kick the can. You know what I mean? And I think that's entrepreneurial to know I need the system to work without me. Like I need to be able mm-hmm, to go mm-hmm. on vacation for two months and come back and just get updates, you know, like that. 
now obviously he loves us and that's a whole other thing but <laughs> we right. talk about create but it's creativity though that's what i'm saying like like the guy we as entrepreneurs we get excited oh my god he took nothing he made something out of nothing well no we kind of took something a bunch of somethings and made something else god is the mm-hmm. one who literally made everything from nothing so we talk about creativity mm-hmm. bro to to open myself up to god what do you what do you see that just doesn't exist yet? You know it's coming. Yeah. Let me let me be a conduit because I'll believe you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Which which we saw in part one that God God's molded you from six years old when you asked for that haircut every single day, whether you do it or not. Like that was all part of of God's entrepreneurial plan. And I I have a I had a conversation with with my team. Um, a couple of years ago, and I'll never forget it, where I said, you know, God was the best social media marketer that ever lived. Like, oh. if you look at the playbook of what we follow for social media marketing, like, it was God. He had social advocates. He had people to spread the message. He had virability. He had the storytelling. Like, so when I, I, I've never looked at God from an entrepreneurial lens, though. I love it. Like, that oh. is, dude, he was the ultimate. Give you all he was them. the G. Yeah. He was the Official. G. All right, Official. okay. So what makes a good entrepreneur? What, what what makes a good entrepreneur? Oof. Um, I think this is in no particular order, but this is the first that came to me though. That a good entrepreneur has to be able to be calm in the midst of chaos, mm. because oft, more often than not, the entrepreneur is the visionary, and. Mm-hmm like a really good why and a really good vision can attract people and you'll have people following and following you and supporting you just off the vision. But if you, if chaos arises and you get knocked off your square and then they no longer believe you in your vision, you know, that, mm-hmm. that has the ability, you know, even though, you know, you go, you end up getting through it, but now people's, and not that you even do it for people, but you know what I'm saying? Like uh, yeah. being calm in chaos because of who you're leading. That's being a good leader. That's right. uh, go in your prayer closet, shed the tears, but come out with your armor on because I got people to right. lead. Uh, staying yeah. calm. Yeah. Um, I think uh, good entrepreneurs have to be extremely self-aware. Extremely mm-hmm. self-aware. I mean, more than you understand your business, you need to understand yourself because every single person has gifts and liabilities. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Areas where you need coverage. Uh, you need to know how to manage yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just stop at acknowledging I'm a procrastinator. You have to identify it, yes, <laughs> right. but you have to build right. systems and accountability in your life to make sure that your liabilities don't derail what God's trying to do through you. So self-awareness is one. That's right. Um, I think uh, good entrepreneurs have to be problem solvers. Mm-hmm. And and not afraid to make mistakes. You know, um, there's going to be a lot of complexities. You know, deadlines are approaching. And, you know, 48 hours before the deadline, something happens that alters the plan. And you have to be able to, like, just right now yeah, make move. a call right. and, 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 and quickly cast vision and reroute people, you know. Uh, that's why I think, like I said, remaining calm is the foundation of all that. Because it's hard to even think straight and process the right priorities entrepreneurs have to know how to prioritize so yeah uh that's those are how many yeah 
Those are good ones. I mean, and, and I'm going to emphasize on the um, like knowing yourself. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest struggles that I've had as an entrepreneur, uh, going from you know one man team to a team of 27 that you're leading, has been understanding where I'm best in the business, and that mm-hmm. not every aspect of the business I'm going to be a hundred percent on. And and when you can get, I think it was John Maxwell that talked about the 80-20 as a leader, where you can delegate the 80% and only focus on the 20% that you're best at. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I think that that is a tough let go for an entrepreneur, but it, it leads back to kind of that, go for I think it. This is why, I think this is why, bro. I think people get, we, we love building things, right? We love building the bus, being a part of building the, the bus, but don't get that confused with you need to be the, the bus driver. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, you could be mm-hmm. a part of building mm-hmm. the bus. And once the bus is built, find your seat. But only, like you said, on the other side of figuring out who you are. Just because you built the business doesn't mean you need to be the CEO. You could go be the, that's right. the marketing director. Because like, like you yep, said, that's yep. the 20%. If I gave all myself to that, this whole machine would be better. But I think if, if you let ego... Or if you're so concerned with who's getting the credit where, I think that can hinder how, how big your business can blossom. To. Oh, 100. And, it, and it's tough because the ego is part of it. Or as the leader, it's it's hard to be authentic and say, you know what? I, I'm not good at that. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. And, and I think that for me as an entrepreneur has been the biggest growing tool is understanding that, man, I got to get the people on the team that are better at the things that one, I don't want to deal with. And two, I'm just not good at. And, and, you know, for me, that is the, the understanding the vision and I can come up with a plan, how we're going to make money and what the product's going to be, what the service is like, that is where I live and thrive. And then on the sales side, but the day-to-day process of, of, you know, when this piece of content gets created, it goes to this trailer board to this man. My wife is a genius in the operations. And, and that was a tough, grab for me to go, you know what, I got to let go of this. So, you know, team, you and I briefly chatted about it. Um, how important is, is the team? Because there's a lot of solopreneurs out there that are going to listen to this, but you know, there, there's other entrepreneurs that are leading teams of people. How important is the team that surrounds you, um, for success? Yeah. Um, one of my mentors says your strengths give you a role, your weaknesses bring your team. And okay. when I'm thinking of even processing your question, going piggybacking off of what you said earlier, acknowledging you're not good at a skill is different than acknowledging character defect, right? Mm-hmm. I think entre- mm-hmm. entrepreneurs spend so much time on the competency and forsake okay. the character development. Because you can always buy the competency. You can always leverage money right. that you generate paying a contractor for the competency. But if you don't invest in the character piece, it's even, you know, that's that's something I don't I don't want to not say because I know uh, even as a solopreneur, you're, you're, you, the, quick, the quickest money is just being good at delivering the skill. But if you mm-hmm. pursue being good at the skill without developing the character, You'll, you'll get to a place that your character can't maintain. We see it all the time. Skill can get you so far, but you'll reach a level that if you don't have the character when you get there, like 
because once you get there, that's not the time to work on it. You got to show up ready. That's right. So, you know, I'll leave that there. Uh, Teams, man. Even if you're a solopreneur, you should have a team. The, like mm-hmm. you need contractors, freelancers. You don't necessarily have to have employees because that opens up an entire new complexity. But when you're trying to, when you're trying to do everything, you'll be really average at all of it. You can you. It's hard to be great at any one aspect of your business when you're doing every single aspect of it. So that's the being creative, vision casting. That's the you know nailing down processes and procedures. That's developing the brand assets, what platforms we're going to be on, social media just in mm-hmm. general. Uh, I got to manage the inventory and the product flow, the CRM system. I'm customer service. I'm the janitor of my facility. Uh, you know, I, And I'm the actual person that delivers the service. You know what I'm saying? I got to do That's my right. own taxes. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, And then I got to go home and be a husband and a parent. You know, you... you you only have a hundred percent. You only have a hundred percent jetpack. So if you give all a hundred to work, you can't be who you are to these other aspects of your life. So you need to identify what are the, like you said, my biggest liabilities, like by not feeling like when you get into a sinking boat, cause there's like holes in it, you're trying to find the biggest gash first. <laughs> like mm-hmm. let's, let's mm-hmm. patch that hole so we can stop the leak. Where's your leak? Entrepreneurs, you need to answer that question. Where is my leak? Because you need to fill it. If you're not good with money, you can be an entrepreneur and not be good with money. You just need to very quickly find somebody to fill that gap. Like that's what God's expecting us to do. If you look at Moses, God called Moses to do something extremely great. What did Moses do? He responded with his lack of skill in certain areas that directly conflicted with what he was calling him to do and god did not correct him god did not say no 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 no. you can speak well that don't don't listen to what they say uh you can stutter and still get your message across no 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 no. he still called him to go speak but he said take aaron with you he can speak well god still called you even though you didn't have the competency but you needed the teammate so that's right uh, I think that that is something that you've got to prioritize. Otherwise, you'd find you'd find yourself working in the business that you forsake working on it. And, and then you mm-hmm. forsake progress, man. Which is a detriment for sure. So, yeah. like, uh, what makes a good team? Like, I, I, I look at, at, at you and a couple different things. Like, what I know about the hair business from my, my, my mother-in-law owning a, a large salon and spa, my wife being by trade a hairdresser and now pivoting over to, to CEO, COO of our company. What makes a good team? Because, like, I think personally what I've seen, managing stylists is – extremely difficult. <laughs> like I look, just look like there's a lot of different personalities that you're managing and you've got mm-hmm. a lot of people that are entrepreneurial inside that are just renting a space. So what, what makes a good team? You've been a part of a number of teams and you've led some big teams. So what makes yeah. a good team? Um, I think a good team teammate is unoffendable. Ooh, okay. Me giving feedback is not assassination of you. It's like, look, we're talking about your work. Mm -hmm. So, so people who are strong enough to separate their work from who they are, 
because a lot of people take offense when you critique their work or their production because they associate it with, oh, well, you don't like me. You're saying that I'm no, 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 no. We're just talking. So I think unoffendable uh, when you're when you're going fast, you need people that you can just give them the feedback and get it done. You know, like we can yeah. we can talk at, we can talk in practice later. But right now, this is the NBA finals. We need just just get the shot done. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm getting text messages about right now. Uh, um, someone who understands that you cannot agree but still be aligned. Mm-hmm. We don't have to agree on the decision, mm-hmm. but once we go hands in on the middle and the meeting is over, and whoever has authority in that arena has spoken, get in alignment, um, and, and then go preach it like you're the one that made the decision. You know, I've learned these things being over at one church, man uh like or took these things and and put some language with it over at one church um i think a good teammate has to understand their role and and constantly pursuing that clarity because sometimes as the vision caster as the entrepreneur we we set up our contractors for failure because we'll have a a front-end meeting we'll cast a vision of what we're doing and super inspiring. That's why they wanted to work with us. But, and like, we know that they're an expert at something, maybe they're accounting or, you know, whatever. And we just gave them this really big vision and said, okay, bet here's your login. Uh, here's, you know, maybe your laptop and, and do the tech, do the thing I'm paying you for. Then you walk away and they only see you maybe get your shoulder 30 minutes to an hour a week. So like, they're like, I do have an expertise, but I need to be aimed. You know, I'm a sharp mm-hmm. arrow, but I, I need, I need you to aim me. I need, I need to under, I think you need to, a good teammate is someone who will force you to develop your branding and your brand guide and mm-hmm. your procedures, because they're going to ask you so many questions about the process that it's going to force you like, you know what? I got to build an Ikea manual for all future employees, mm-hmm. all contractors. I need a manual because if, if these are the questionings that everyone's going to, if you asked it, that means other people are going to ask it. And I think a good entrepreneur will pick up on that. But if your team, I think a, a, a bad teammate is someone who has questions, but doesn't ask them. Mm-hmm. I actually don't want you on my team. If you will sit on questions, question me to death. Mm-hmm. I will tell you if this is a bad time for questions, but again, that's not offensive. Don't like, that's what I'm saying. Some people could be offended when we say, Hey, uh, let's save right. questions for next week. Right now, I just need you in execution mode. If you're a professional, you got to be able to take that type of right now feedback and implement it. And I think a good teammate is someone who gets that. Uh, cause that's, that's, that's real life. You can't always right. sandwich. That's I know right. all the managerial techniques you learned in the fortune 500 companies. You have to sandwich, <laughs> sandwich your feedback through positive affirmation. No, sometimes yeah. Sometimes it just is what it is. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Cut and dry. Um, yep. So, so yep. Uh, uh, I need a teammate that's a professional, man. You don't have to have the degrees. You don't have to have all the accolades. Obviously, you got to be good, but man, just a professional, you know, who who thinks with the end user in mind, you know what I'm saying? Who isn't mm-hmm. all about efficiencies for my sake, Who's who's actually thinking about the team I'm around. How do I implement a process that connects everyone you know i think that's a good teammate who's able to think about culture while you're not in the room 
but that requires the entrepreneur to define culture and be culture in front That's of right. it. That's, yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So I'm going to goes along with this. And our, with the first time you and I ever had a knee to knee conversation, you said something that, I mean, it, mm-hmm. one of the things that stuck with me the most, because I think as entrepreneurs, a lot of times, I mean, we start out as solopreneurs most of the mm-hmm. time and we're mm-hmm. doing all the things. And one of the things you said to me was to be a great leader and a teammate, you have to document to be able to delegate. So the process of I do this, that like, get, give me, give me some of that because that for me was like, shoot, yes. As an entrepreneur, if I want to grow and I was doing all the things, if I don't, ha- if I can't remove myself and things still go forward, there's a problem. Yeah. So I'll give you two things. First, uh, the best advice I ever received before starting business was build your business as if you're going to sell it from day one mm-hmm. Built to sell. and yep. define all the roles that are required to execute your business. Even if you're the one doing all the job descriptions, right? When I first started mm-hmm. at Venus and Mars, mm-hmm. before we ever opened the door, I had about 21 job descriptions that included, you know, facilities manager, inventory manager, hairstylist, marketing director, content director, finance director, you know, like really getting in the weeds on yeah. the departments, building the org chart before there, because that's what helps you define your machine. That's how you, that's sure. how, that's what, yeah. that's what helps you to, to kind of see even what type of help I need. Um, I think that's important to set up this point. It's five steps to effective delegating, dude. I feel like I got to go mm-hmm. ahead and write this book. The first yeah, step do is it. do, is do. You have to do it. You got to, as the entrepreneur, you got to get your hands in there. If you got a bakery, you got to, you got to touch it. You got to feel what it's like. You got to do it. The second step is define as you're doing it, like define what it is you're doing so that you can actually have a target for repeatability. Let's define it. Mm -hmm. The third step is document it. Once we've defined what we do, how we do, now we have to document it so it's clear, it's concrete, that we're able to sit back, look at it and refine it sit back iteration four iteration five you know like you got to document it on the other side of a well-defined document an ikea manual right i stress in my businesses and the teams that i'm building let's build ikea manuals as you're doing it defining it and documenting it then you're able to effectively delegate it because mm-hmm. once you have all the doing defined and it's clearly documented, the person you hand it off to can pick it up like an Ikea manual. Maybe I've never done this before, but you were, you were so clear. Anybody could do it. You know, that's, that's the, the position you want to be in because you could scale quickly. You can onboard talent quickly. And it's, like I said, it's clear. Then it, the, the fifth phase, which, like you said, this is where you experience freedom. On the other side of doing, defining, documenting, and then delegating it, you just come in and develop. Right. I, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here for the questions. I'm here for the, the to feed vision. I'm here to kind of lead, develop you. But but now I don't have to re-engage it in the doing any longer because I've already done it. I've already defined it. I've already documented. It's clearly documented. I've I've delegated it to managers who delegate it to freelancers. You know what I'm saying? But in order to make because yeah. because you still have to be clear enough to know what's being executed, you know. 
So like, those are the, the things that I really believe if, if an entrepreneur spent that hard time up front, because this is where a lot of people get trapped. They do it and they do it so well that they get a demand. They're making a lot of money. They're busy as ever, but what they do is not defined. So by the time they realize they need mm. help, it's hard to keep talent because you bring people into chaos. Yep. They right. know your That's name right. in the city. Yep. You got a lot of money. You can pay me. But man, you stressing me out because ain't no systems. You don't got no project management system. You don't got no call list. You don't have no brand guide, culture guide, documented processes. So I'm an expert. Maybe I'm like, that's contractors manage a lot of, you know, projects that they're on. And if you can't give them a clean insert into your process for them knowing exactly what they do and a clean exit, like they know their routine, you it'll be hard to attract high caliber people that want to work with you mm -hmm, for long mm -hmm. periods of time. So yeah. Oh, let me know if that's, I, me know if that's that worthy for, of a book. That is 100% worthy of a book because that has been a struggle. Multiple, like a couple of the, the entrepreneur groups that I'm in, like that, that is a continual conversation. And for me, I've seen the effects of doing it the wrong way where I did it all, tried to bring somebody in and it was complete chaos. And, but then I had to have the foresight though, to be able to go and, and hire somebody that could then take all that I was doing and they could be the ones that, that, that document it and get the process. Because yeah, a lot of times absolutely. as the visionary, the weeds of the process are the toughest part. And that's really been, like, that's probably my, my, my skill set that's the least is, is, is being able to take everything that's in here in the vision and then chopping mm -hmm. it into step one, step two. You know what I mean? So yeah, this, that's, that's good. Bro, you just, you just struck gold because you just nailed it. If, if you are a doer, the steps still need to be done. You can hire the person and have them come in and just watch you do what you do and ask you, and they're documenting yeah. it. And they're helping you define it. Yeah. They come to you with, uh, here's a proposed training manual, you know, like, but you got to do it early enough. So once you have that defined, it makes it easy to scale. I'm glad you, you said that. Oh, yeah. 100 100 okay so the reason that we do all these things right the reason we have the guy gives us the vision we get the team we build the we delegate we, we want to have success so mm -hmm. i want to ask you it's like what what defines success for you what does that look like mm. being able to sit in front of my calendar with my wife and tell my time what to do Mm. Yeah. Yes. Bro. <laughs> I I think I think getting to six figures in my early 20s was the best thing that could have happened to me because it helped me to realize that a lot of money is not the answer. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, like I've had that, I've had the experiences do I've spent a lot of time doing it. I mean, we said it in part one, dude, there was stretches where I'm working seven days a week for six months. I've, mm -hmm. I've been there, but I'm realizing that the greatest freedom, the, the most healthiest seasons of my relationship were times where I'm able to sit down, look at a calendar and pursue purpose and not have to worry about pay. Like mm -hmm. we're going to tell our time what to do. I'm going to have creative time right here. I'm going to take a nap 
right there in the middle of the day. That's like, that's what I'm going to do because that man frees you up to be the best version of yourself. Um, and, and to, to live life on your terms. I feel like a lot of people, they're, they're, they, life treats them like a leaf. Wherever the wind blows, mm. that's where they go. I heard Andy Stanley say, everybody's going to end up somewhere, but very few people end up there on purpose. Like, you know, if you yeah. ask people like, man, how'd yeah. you, they're, they're directors at Fortune 500 companies. How'd you get here? <laughs> oh, you know, I went to school for marketing, and but then, man, yeah. I, I, it's like, that's right. Like, but for someone like me, dude, I've made very intentional decisions at pivotal moments in my life and said, no, this is where I'm going. I've consulted my God. I've laid my, my plan before him. And I feel compelled that this is where he, I'm going. And I'm walked by mm-hmm. faith, you know. So from a success standpoint, I, I, I echo the sentiments of my homiletic hero, Paul, where he says, I've, I've had a lot of money. I've had few pennies. <laughs> I've been able to pull up to the gas tank and not even have to think about what's in the bank, uh, just full every trip. And then I've had to, I've had to count it out. I've, I've been in both, but I've realized healthy relationships, freedom of time, um, security, stability for my family, looking at my kids in the eyes and they're more in the morning. You know, what used to kill me as an entrepreneur, bro. And this made me rethink, do I really want this God? Am I really built for this? Cause if this is what it takes, I don't want it when I had to leave for work like eight, 9 AM in the morning, like I had to, right. Because right. my time was telling me what to do. And my kids, bro, were literally crying. No daddy, please don't leave. And I'm like having to pry them off of me. My kids are two, three years old, bro. Doing this, bro. I'm in the car with a tear on my face. Like all the money don't matter if I have, if I have to do that, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yep. So now like being able to coming out of quarantine, I've sat down every hour has been defined on my terms. I'm, this is when I'm starting haircuts. I, I'm, I'm not in that arena anymore. Like this is what my, cause you're no longer buying a service from me. You're buying my time. I've allocated mm-hmm. this much time per week. This is how much one of those slots costs. doesn't matter what service like you're getting. That. My time with you is the same. And, and, it's a, again, because I've set a time on that aspect of me, I'm able to set aside the time for my creative stuff, make sure that my time is accounted for with my family, my kids specific, my wife specific, you know what I'm saying? So like every aspect of me, because there's never a time that I'm not a husband, that I'm not a father, that I'm not a leader, that I'm not a creative, that I don't want to be healthy. But if I don't delegate my time to it, if I don't invest into it, if I don't sow into it, I can't expect to reap a harvest from it. You know what I'm saying? So I got to invest in every aspect of me. Um, so man, I think, but most importantly, dude, that time, freedom, mm-hmm. greatest definition of success. And my wife oh, being proud I love of that. Me. I love that. I love that. That, that That's huge. I, I listened to, to Warren Buffett and he said one of the things for his success is that he never he never let anyone else control his calendar, even like a, an admin, like he, his calendar was never just given out schedule at will because everything was so strategic and his time's the only thing that he can't get back. I, I, I love that. So that's a cool definition of success. That, that is the first for me. I love it. So success also mirrors a lot of times the why, like what, 
what, what do you think drives you? What is your why for all that is Trace Carter? I sprung that one on you. No, 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 no. Here's my why. I've been thinking about it a lot, bro. Like Simon Sinek, come on now. You know, that's Mm -hmm. my... That's right. uh, I don't start something unless I know the why. For Terrell Carter overall, though, Trace Carter overall, though, as creatively as possible, inspire people. It's my Mm -hmm. why. Everything I do flows through that. Um, I think... uh, I remember, dude, recently me and my wife had to reconnect on our marital why. Because Mm -hmm. you can start something being so clear on the why, but get lost in the doing. Because once you define why, then you go out to how and then the what, you know, and you can get so stuck in the what, what am I doing that you forget why am I doing it? And man, uh, I think that's a that's something that entrepreneurs, man, good ones that have the foresight to plan things that are urgent, but not, I'm sorry, things that are important, but not urgent. You know, mm-hmm. re, recalibrating is uber important, but it's not urgent. And most people are forced to recalibrate because their machine mm-hmm. starts crashing. But to build in those rhythms of, let me recalibrate my priorities. Is my wife priority number one at all times, right? Recalibrate your business. Like, does this product, is this product really resonating? Let's recalibrate. We build out our calendars. Um, uh, the language I got from uh, one church, they like break the year into three seasons, three seasons, not four quarters, three seasons where each season is a four month run where the first three months mm-hmm. of that run you apply something, it's the testing, we're, we're doing a thing. And then that fourth month, we analyze it. We make iteration, season two, we implement the new change for 90 days, then we analyze it. So you build in these very strategic moments to recalibrate. Um, but I think that that's, that's uber important to do with your why, because your why could have been really great when you started, when you mm-hmm. didn't have money, and then you got a lot of money and your why might shift as you're, you know, as you know, so you got to really make sure you stay on top of the character too, man. Cause uh, we're, we know how to deceive ourselves very well. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, hundred percent. We're that's right. We're all BS artists ourselves anytime we can be right. And we and believe ourselves. And social, social media doesn't help. Cause that's a, like, that's an arena where you're constantly trying to sell the best aspect of it. That's right. That's and true. sometimes in our own thoughts, we're always trying to, sell the best side of it as opposed to being objective to our decisions and who we are, who we're not and being okay with that. Okay. All right. So I I think I would be failing everyone that's listening to this. If in a conversation with you, I did not touch on just the personal brand, the fashion, Mm -hmm. like you, like, so you've seen the way I dress a little bit and then you, you wouldn't probably put me in in the funeral space but it's become so much of the the personal brand so what like what drives you from from that fashion aspect because the first time that i went to one church like immediately i'm like all right that guy's different I, okay what 
I, I feel like we would have connected and we did. And so like what, 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 what drives that? Because it's not a normal everyday, just I have swagger. It's like, it's dope. It's fire. You got a style, you got a brand. Yeah. I, I, I dress how I feel. I get to express mood and emotion through clothes. You know, I think for other people may, who may not like fashion, they they get dressed out of necessity. They buy smart, right. like this is my work clothes, this is my, but yeah. like I just buy inspi- pieces that inspire me, pieces that fit me well, and things that like communicate because I believe style has a voice. You have the ability to tell people who you are and where you're going before you open your mouth. That's powerful. Mm. And Mm. I am a creative. I am cutting edge. I am going to do things that are polarizing. And I have the ability to communicate those aspects of my brand. And that's what I help my clients do. Define their brand, but then not only communicate it online, not only communicate it when you're in a video talking about it, but the way you dress has the ability to influence how you're perceived. I read a quote, Mm. one of my favorite quotes is dress how you want to be addressed. Like mm. there are times where I'll pull out the custom one of one double breasted suit and go get the deal done because it just had to be done. There are times I put the Tacma fitted on and just rock it out because I know what I'm saying. I'm never, I'm never not aware of what I'm saying. I think some people aren't intentional about that. I don't even go to the grocery store unintentional because I don't know my, my answer to prayer might be an aisle one. But I, I, if I'm not prepared to engage the world, mm. I might hide from it, shrink back because I'm not feeling confident with who I am. I ain't saying I'm wearing a suit everywhere, mm. but I don't own things. I don't own things that I couldn't wear in public for real. <laughs> so Bro, whatever, I'm, yeah. whatever I'm wearing, I can go to the store and, and still get compliments. My brother will testify to this, dude. I was sitting on my porch, bro. In my mind, literally the most bummy I ever could be. I'm in sweats and a hoodie fitted glasses whatever slippers on Debo slippers people walking past my house like oh my god I love your style I look at my brother I'm on God bro I look at my brother and he said that happened that's how it just happened and all the time like that but I, mean, I just I love to express creativity through fashion and there's just mm. so much to do it's beyond pants and shirts yeah man. there's tech there's textures yeah. colors just pat like Man, I love it all, man. Shout out Armand Wake Up, another young dude and Col- another friend. I don't even say young dude, new to the game in the styling arena, man. It's been fun to watch his mind. We he was one of my clients and he is one of my clients. Um I've been off work for so long. I'm like, was my client. It's been so long since I've cut hair. I'm like, I've been yeah, I've been in different bags. My bad. All right. So one on the fashion, and then I'm going to touch on something that you just said. Um, so when we started going to one church, my wife, you know, she'll get on me sometimes because I'll mix patterns and she's like, like, you can't, you just can't mix pattern. Like your, your shoes. Yeah. They may match like one thread in your hat, but like they, you don't look good. Mm-hmm. I remember leaving one church and she, she breaks down one of your outfits and she's like, okay, <laughs> So you need to think about this when you're getting dressed. Like, did you see how Terrell had one color suit on, but the undershirt matched the shoes and there was something in the socks that matched the hat and like everything really flowed together. So you are, people aren't getting a sense of it right now, but you are a detailed, but I think that it it says so much about who you are. 
So like I everything Ooh. is intentional. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The Sarovsky, the Kenneth Cole. When I'm wearing like even though like I said, I'm sitting on my front porch. This is just what I put on in the morning with no thought. My yep. frames, I have several different frames. So the gold frames yes, just do. because it's supposed I don't know. I just care about those details. I think that's what makes me good at what I do. That's why people want me yeah. to manage their brand and help them develop their wardrobe because they don't instinctively care about that. Like they, yeah. and which is cool. So like, I just decided, well, with my life, since I care about it, since God designed me to care about those details, mm -hmm. since I have the experience of knowing what it's like to be in front of a board of directors presenting at 400 fortune 500 companies or be in the street serving the homeless, like, but like what to wear in those moments, I just know what translates well. And mm -hmm. people want that expertise, man. So they don't have to think about it. I they love can it. focus on their thing. It moves people. I, I tell you what, like, like your why of, of inspiring people, it is impossible to be at one church, to see you worship, and then to get on after the first song and kind of give an introduction and bring all the energy and the emotion and not feel a presence, not be moved. So uh, I, I appreciate that about you. 100, 100. Um, it is impossible to be in a room with you as big as the sanctuary is at one church and, and be in a mood. So I, I appreciate that about you because that that's really poured into Love me you, a lot, man, a lot, a lot. All right, so one of the skill sets I think that entrepreneurs have, great entrepreneurs, is the ability to be able to pivot. And um, this this time period we've been in in the last twelve weeks, the global pandemic, um, your business has been shut down, literally overnight shut the doors, don't go in, can't serve people, can't go to their homes, can't, can't do what you were designed to do. Yep. How have you, how have you pivoted? What is that? What was that thought process of, okay, like this was shut down. Mm. What are we going to do? Mm. Remember I said, recalibrate, recalibrate. Yes, sir. Um, dude, this, there's a story I want to start with, man. And it's of a woman who church going woman, faith driven woman, family, husband, two kids, her husband died out of nowhere, dude. And she was a stay at home mom, bro. You know what I'm saying? And the, the, the husband had so much debt that she didn't know about that. As soon as he died, she's grieving that still. And the creditors now are coming and like, that story, as real as it sounded 2020, that's actually from the Bible, bro, in 2 Kings. Mm -hmm. There's a woman mm -hmm. who was married, and her husband, who was a man of faith, died, left her so much debt that the creditors, but back then, your commodities were your kids. So they said, we're taking your sons for the debt repayment. So not only is she grieving her husband, but she's grieving the possibility of losing her two sons. And in that time, this woman, I'm sure, was a stay-at-home wife. Like that's what—that's the role of woman in that time. Praise God, they've—they've they've evolved, evolved. But the reality mm -hmm. is, she didn't have some side hustles. Assuming, right? Because of her reaction, think of what she did, bro. She did. She moved. She went to the church. She asked Elisha. Um, she, no, she told Elisha the story, right? 
And Elisha's response is the response that God had with me when I was expressing my distress, explaining my chaos. As real as it was, God's reaction is what changed my trajectory and helped me pivot. The same way in this story, Elisha said, what do you want me to do? She boasts, she literally walked up to the man of God. Imagine your pastor doing this. Pastor, my husband has died uh, and all the debt, the creditors, they're coming to take my sons. Elisha was like, what do you want me to do? What do you have in your house? He asked her, what do you have in your house? She said a little bit of oil. He said, go door to door. We talked about that. Go door to door and gather jars from your neighbors. This is what her pastor is telling her in response to her distress. <laughs> so first off, do you, know, do you realize how much faith had to be displayed to even go get the jars? Ooh. Can you yeah. think about the skill that is being developed going door to door as this stay-at-home mom is now learning how to, to move on when being told no, how to re- resharpen her pitch? You know what I'm saying? That by the time she got her first jar on house number five now she's confident she developed that skill that elisha said you bring those jars back home shut the door behind you and god's going to multiply what's in your house for me dude that's what god did in my life what do you have in your house because at the time Mm -hmm. pandemic closed down remember i told you february 13th 2020 yeah i have finally made the decision to leave one church me and my wife were against the ropes my salon was against the ropes. And I'm finally making the decision to free back up the time to allow me to focus on what's important. I finish at one church into February, March 1st starts. I got Babylus ahead of me. I'm feeling like it's, it's finally about to come. T- daylight is coming. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> the entire world falls down. And, and every single source of income that I was making a pivot in towards is, is cut off. And God's response was not a handout. You feel what I'm saying? Elisha, the church, could have easily just paid the woman's debt. And she would have cried, oh, my God, thank you so much. I get to keep my sons. But what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. If, God's, if God blesses you with the monetary thing, you won't have the skill set to live on. Because what the Bible said is after God multiplied what she had, she was able to sell enough to pay the creditors and live on the rest. But now living on the rest, she has skill set. She know what it's like to go door to door. Now she going door to door selling this oil to God. He turned this broken woman into a businesswoman. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So for mm-hmm. me, when, mm-hmm. the COVID, when COVID happened, God said, what do you have in your house? Me and my wife, had the, we were blessed to build our house from the ground up a few years ago but we waited to finish the basement and letting it settle or whatever. So we were about 60% finished with it in the last year, but we kind of paused getting through the holiday season. Like I said, I was working seven days a week at one church plus Venus and Mars and Babylon. And, and so I couldn't even focus on that. What do you have in your house? You have a thousand square foot of unfinished basement, build a production studio. Boom, made some phone calls had a full studio, acoustic paneling. You know, I already had furniture down there. So bought a kitchen area down there, uh, brought 
my stuff from the salon since it was closed. I had the production set up in there, brought the backdrop. So like right now, just had to put my foot in the ground and pivot. And I put out, you know, I started a spread gems, not germs challenge. Yep. Like, and yep. people were people were blown away, bro. In my DMs, like, I knew you cut hair, but <laughs> dang, bro, <laughs> where's this coming from? I started following you in the entrepreneur lane, had no idea that you did music, right? So, like, yep. having fun yep. with that helped me to realize that this experience that I've just had is allowing me to morph with more power and clarity, skill set, experience, and can appease the right now crisis but then be able to live on the rest the same way mm. that that woman was it. able to do that. That's what God helped me to do, man. When pivoting with through that story. Oh, uh, shoot. And, and here's, you talked true, about, you talked about teams. I like metaphorically going door to door so that God can multiply what you have in your house. That's you going and casting your vision and finding teammates. Sometimes somebody can give you a gallon jar of their time. Some people can give you eight ounces of their expertise and you have to then go home and just let God pour out what's in you into all of these resources that you've put together because God, like I said, he's an entrepreneur. So God does not waste. God does not waste. I will only bless you if you have jars enough to receive because that's also mm. what the Bible mm. said that the oil, as soon as she ran out of jars, the oil stopped flowing. God ain't going to let oil hit the floor. So as many resources and jars as you can put together, that's as big as God it can pour out the blessing. So that's just a sidebar for the teams, bro. Expand uh, your man. capacity. I love it. Okay. Gosh, dude. dude. This, bro. this is so good. Uh, this is so good. All right. I want I want to wrap with this. And it's 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 not a big powerful punch, but I think it's important. Like there's burnout. Burnout is real, stress is real, just the grind is real. Um, and, and we got to go back to the well sometimes. So what, where, where do you go to refresh? Like what, what is that reset button for you where you can get fed and get re-energized? Like what's that look like? Mm. Um, taking walks, man, with the headphones on instrumentals playing and the notes app open and just letting God, mm. you know, like letting God, just letting God flow. Um, man, like, but I, like, I think if you are in a position where you are burned out, you have to make a decision to go and refuel because something's going to have to give. Either you will completely break down or you, you, you will have to sacrifice having that many clients. You might have to sacrifice delivering that aspect of who you are for a season. That's what happened with me with the music, dude. I was experiencing it five, six years ago when I had recently been married. Mm -hmm. I'm working full time in this big role. I was making music and creating some traction there, but I also wanted to go to hair school and open up a salon, right? Too much going on. So sometimes you have to be willing to put down things you love for a season so that you can focus. And once you finished doing the thing that you said you were going to do and you completed, you get to a good stopping point, you can pick back up what you put down. And that's mm -hmm. what Trace Carter is mm -hmm. all about. You know what I'm saying? As someone who made a decision, executed the mission and now i'm picking back up where i left off with dunk on jordan tomorrow 645 the 20 dunk on jordan one down <laughs> i love it man look trail trace thank you my man like um uh i 
I, I get fed from you on the daily in your feed, um, being around you at one church. Uh, we don't really live in close proximity. We see each other on the weekends. You you may give me a, a lineup every now and then, which I greatly appreciate. So, uh, like, man, I appreciate you. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that that God has made you who He has, and that you are fully leaning into the talents and the in the direction and 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 letting God flow through all of your creative from from just being a man, a husband, a father. Um, I get inspiration, uh, when you, when you praise your queen, like, uh, many things. So, uh, I I appreciate you. Thank you for, for giving me a couple hours of your time to, to record this and and blessing us all with that wisdom, man. I appreciate it. Man. So thankful, dude. Anytime, bro. You, you got that type of access. Just hit up and we'll have a discussion about anything. Next one can be about music. I appreciate it. We can talk. I I love that. And and I got a 27-hour drive ahead of me over the next week <laughs> heading back to Ohio. So uh, I'll be streaming yeah. the drop. So uh, I appreciate Bro, it, man. Thank you. Listen, I'm ready. I appreciate you, dude. We'll chat soon. All right, brother. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to Napkin Game Plan. If you enjoyed, please rate and subscribe on iTunes. Also, check out our website at napkingameplan.com.